Okay, everyone, good morning. Very, very warm welcome to today's uh, pre-market trade plan live session, which is your opportunity, of course, to be as prepared as we can for today's trading opportunities. Uh, I do hope you're all keeping well and you had a good weekend. I know some of you in the US have obviously had a, an extended uh, break, which is good, so I hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's now time to get back uh, back to these markets and see where the opportunities lie. So we were contemplating on Friday morning and afternoon, well, early afternoon, whether we would probably get some moves in these markets. And um, we, we were only able to really see uh, sort of a move kick in for the US dollar. Uh, we saw a bit of a decent move, actually. So when you have sort of these meandering sideways moving markets and you do get a little bit of activity we're always in a little bit two minds as whether we want to really sort of uh, commit commit to the trade and on this occasion we kind of decided to just back off and then we saw actually quite a, a nice move um so a bit of a late day move for the dollar um so we're going to be looking at the dollar with with significant focus really um you, you'll see what's going on elsewhere. There's lots of sort of question marks hanging over certain aspects of these markets right now. Um, but certainly it looks like we've got some opportunities in potentially the dollar um, and potentially the yen as well. The yen is something that we don't want to completely forget about. But the, the fundamentals behind the yen are, let's say, quite convoluted uh, with the BOJ. Um, okay, so let's get straight into it then. Good morning, everyone. Good to have you with us. Please see our risk warning currently up on screen. Um, you won't be surprised to know that we need to be quite careful with these markets. Um, so let me explain in a little bit more detail. So all profitable traders need to consider which markets to trade, so trade selection. Um, where do we then enter and exit those markets? These are all pretty much common sense, but there's there's aspects of these elements that people don't uh, include in their trading approach. Um, risk management. Uh, crucially important for, for any profitable trader to make sure that you you limit your downside when you're when you're wrong. Um, so trading without a stop loss for us is, is not advisable in any way, shape or form. Always trade with a stop loss and that stop loss should be placed at an area or at a price where you no longer want to be in that trade if prices start to, to turn. Trade management, um, you know, when, when the markets are in your favor, you know, you don't really want to see those those prices come all the way back. Um, so it is really about accepting the fact that the markets have moved to these levels and these prices and the price action is beginning to roll over. And at that point, you should probably look to, firstly, minimum mitigate risk, but obviously try to maximize your returns as well. Um, and then trade psychology, all important features, of course. We address these considerations every day in our live trade rooms. And just to let you know, we are strong advocates of being consistent in your approach. If you're chopping and changing what sort of trader you are and the opportunities you're looking for, and um, you're going you're gonna to struggle to really find a foothold. So perhaps just focus on, a, on an approach that you, you like, um, that, that makes sense to you. Um, you, you need to feel comfortable about your decision making. Uh, if you're uncomfortable, uh, again, it's really, really difficult to get a bit of a foothold. But of course, that's what we can help you with here, the live trade room. Uh, be accurate with the levels we use, disciplined with your capital, and of course, be patient. Um, all common sense, but you'd be surprised how how little common sense is applied 
uh, in, in some people's trading approach. Um, so let's start the review of this potential market moving news then. So let's bring up um, uh, Forex Factory. So we were we were wondering whether last week's manufacturing numbers would, would move the dial a huge amount. Um, I suppose some of the, the the numbers on Thursday for the eurozone, and it was a it was um, it was a bank holiday, of course, for uh, for Thanksgiving in the US. And on on Friday we had uh, US manufacturing numbers, which you know came in broadly in line with expectations. And across Europe, manufacturing services are, are still broad, you know, pretty negative. Uh, in terms of industries, you know, they're, they're, they're ultimately contracting, but they're not contracting as as much as perhaps the market's anticipated. So is that a little bit of a good news or does it imply sort of further bad news coming down the line? Um, we're probably suggesting it's the latter. So there seems to be this recessionary um, narrative beginning to creep through the problem is we're not seeing it everywhere so you know stock markets don't perform particularly well during um recessionary periods um and we've seen quite a resilient uh industry market broadly down to seven or eight you know individual companies um those tech stocks that are just uh, pretty rampant but nvidia last week took a bit of a turn to the downside um incredibly impressive um earnings report um but pretty negative price action in that and broadly speaking that's down to uh, demand for 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 from china uh, evaporating uh, due to uh us government putting putting tabs on on selling ai chips to china so it's um it's a difficult one that it's hard to think that that Nvidia are going to replace that kind of revenue from other sources. So, so what are we looking at going into these markets? Well, we've kind of got a little bit of a, a mixed a mixed picture as far as the, um, the bond yields are concerned. If we just zoom right in, we're getting a little bit of a bounce. And um, a little bit of a bounce off the lows. Now, the reason why that's quite concerning is the fact that these lowering bond yields are, are making the assumption that the Fed are going to uh, ultimately lower rates. So when we talk about going against the Fed, um, this is how we can um, sort of see that happening. And there's a little bit of a bounce in the tenure as well. If I just zoom in here, you can see it in a little bit more detail. We're still in inverted markets, which still imply, you know, a recession is coming down the line, and we haven't seen anything to suggest that that's that's definitely not going to be the case. Um, we have seen this uh, recession be pushed, you know, a few months down the line, you know, what seems like for the last couple of years um, that there is, I suppose, an argument to support recessionary conditions, but actually, a lot of sectors have kind of outperformed which has kind of been a bit on the surprising side but these bond yields are, are now beginning to creep a little bit higher again and we're not we're not really too far 
from, you know, we're 50 basis points from all-time highs. So it's a bit dangerous when the markets are making the assumption that the Fed are going to cut rates when the Fed themselves saying, are saying they're not going to cut rates and we're going to stay higher for longer. And if that's the case, we'll, we'll see we'll see how long the Fed can, can stick to that um, before something breaks. So perhaps the Fed are wanting to, to break something. Um, so that's the concern about this narrative at the moment. We've kind of got this recessionary vibe, but with, with actually quite surprisingly positive data so far and it's it's when that begins to change is when you know we can we can act accordingly so we're in this sort of strange little phase at the minute um so what have we got this week well we'll be hearing from christine lagarde um to testify before the committee on economic and monetary affairs in the european parliament so that that's going to be um of importance really for for the ecb Perhaps, I'm sure she will be grilled on the inflation and rate hike story. Maybe something will come out on, on that basis. Surprise, it's not, um, it's not a high-impact news event. Um, we'll be hearing from the RBA governor as well. Decided to pause rates due to participate in a panel discussion titled Inflation, Financial Stability and Employment. Could be quite interesting in the early hours of tomorrow morning. It's not something you can trade around. But um, is there any questions? Yeah, well, it's a panel discussion, so there's going to be an element of um, question and answer. So that that's going to be probably headline making, we would assume. So we're going to get a bit of a handle on on consumers' confidence. Now, this is obviously a potential leading indicator as far as a recession is concerned. Um, if you have an economy like the US, which is built on sort of 70%, it's it's driven by the, the spending of you and I, consumer-driven spending. Uh, so 70% of the US economy is consumer-driven. And if the confidence in that cohort is, is dwindling, i.e. they're concerned about higher rates, uh, the property markets, uh, they're worried about ultimately their job, um, uh, we're still paying higher prices, so don't forget we're seeing disinflation, meaning inflation is not rising as high as it was, but we are still seeing inflation. Um, so it's just coming right, right down. So these markets have really quite a lot to be able to digest. Now on Wednesday we're going to be getting some Aussie dollar inflation. Uh, it's still expected to come down. It's still on the high side, but there is a lot of expectation across these central bankers that inflation is coming down. The question is, are they going to get it right or wrong? Uh, on Wednesday as well, we've got German and Spanish inflation. So we've got this year-on-year -year versus month-on-month -month dynamic. So the German economy, now prices are coming in, are expected to come in quite negative. Um, and we were last here in May, coming in negative as well, with the expectation for uh, these prices to come in slightly positive. 
So this time we have a negative expectation. We haven't had that since uh, January uh, of this year. Um, so we've had a little bit of a strong bounce, but you can see the weakness beginning to creep in yet again as far as uh, German growth. So we are entering uh, an interesting phase. Uh, GDP quarter on quarter for the US expected to come in pretty strong. Um, this performance, this 5% is, is likely to kind of blow things out of the water a little bit, 7% previously uh, in 2021. So, so growth, we're expecting a, a positive news story on the growth side of things. Again, it makes for a, a, an interesting dynamic. Uh, we've got a few central bankers now this week ahead due to deliver a brief remarks at an event celebrating the 50th anniversary of London Stock Ex uh, Foreign Exchange uh, Joint Standing Committee. Okay. Um, Thursday, Chinese manufacturing, again, it's it's softer than expected. Yeah, so OPEC is a, is a big event for the week. It's going to be interesting to see about a dynamic uh, for oil markets. We're going to have a look at the chart now in just a second, but cutting a very long story short, we had a um, an OPEC meeting planned for yesterday, which was cancelled. Now, the assumptions for the meeting to be cancelled was that OPEC Plus couldn't get any informal agreement on supply cuts. Um, so the concern really would be that if if the Saudis don't really get what what they want because prices are at you know, significantly higher levels. They could have a bit of a, a bit of a tantrum um, and they could say, right, well, if you're not going to fall into line and we're going to make the desired cuts because demand is dropping, we're going to oversupply oil and uh, we're going to crash the price that way, um, hurting ourselves, but more so hurting you and your economy. So it depends on on OPEC plus and their reaction to that to that threat behind the scenes um, so what that means is if they fall into line and we see these supply cuts we'll see prices push higher and everyone wins if they if some nations don't want to comply with the supply cuts and they want to go rogue then Saudis could um, oversupply the market which really hurts those economies even more so because the prices are likely to drop quite considerably so it's really it could be a real problem going into Christmas but we'll we'll we, we obviously need to wait and see we're not privy to these discussions um, prior to uh, this this meeting on Thursday and I'm sure there's going to be lots and lots and lots of of, of perhaps threats or, or, or just um, uh, the realities of the situation are going to come to the fore and we're going to see what what outcome we're going to get on thursday we're probably leaning i mean self-sabotage is never really a, ultimately a good idea but it does create a, a massive bid once those prices are, are you know continue to drop so this market is reacting with that sort of nuclear option in the back of their minds it seems so really interesting environment for for um for OPEC plus and we've been talking for quite some time is that 
we're really just sort of waiting patiently for opportunities to start buying. It's a very difficult sell. It's not, we're not that comfortable with the selling angle. Yes, technically, but fundamentally, it's it's more complicated than that. Um, so we're hearing from Christine Lagarde as well on Thursday, and we've got um, core PCE price index numbers. You can see we're still seeing inflation. This is a personal expansion, um, consumption um, inflation. So we're still seeing prices, you know, rise for the consumer. Uh, at what point does that become un untenable? Would be an interesting question. And then on Friday we are closing out. In fact, we'll have Jerome Powell, not to be sort of overlooked, due to participate in a fireside chat titled "Navigating Pathways to Economic Economic Mobility." Okay, um, economic mobility. Okay, now already we would anticipate we've we've tried to front run what he would say and how he would say it. And in the FOMC, he kind of gave a green light for stock markets to push higher. And at these other opportunities to uh, to talk to markets, he seems to take and, um, you know, really kind of push the other side of the narrative. Because, he, he, you know, he wants to be friendly with the equity markets, but he doesn't really want to, the equity markets to, to run away from the reality that the Fed, according to their rhetoric, is higher for longer. And it's not. In the process of kind of cutting so we do have certainly an interesting trading week um in many ways so let's bring up our charts and we'll just we'll we'll break this down in a little bit more detail Okay, just as an overview. So this was the move we saw on Wednesday. We saw um, a, a sizable move. Um, yeah, this is on an hourly time frame. So yeah, we were talking about a break above. And it was a slightly lower entry, but um, the 0930. So we, we did sort of grind higher. We weren't able to break those highs. You can see this price action a little bit better in other markets. Sorry, this was it, the pound dollar. Um, it was initial break above the 125.45, um, and the second opportunity was getting in at the 125.70. Um, both would have been profitable trades. Um, really not, not so enthusiastic about getting into quite a a consolidating market as we close out the trading week with um with yes the, the markets have reopened but um quieter conditions really across the board so now we're looking at the potential for some dollar uh further dollar weakness so we saw some progress made on um on Friday evening, it is to the upside. We've yet to see further upside kind of kick in. A rollover off the highs as far as the, pound, the euro pound is concerned, euro yen. These will be interesting trades. 
the yen. It's worth keeping an eye on the yen. Uh, so we'll have a look at that. Right, so gold, we've made some progress. So we've got gold above the 2009. We're just sitting at those levels as we speak. Um, considerable upside, especially with the backdrop feeding through. So we'll have we, we'll stick with that gold trade at $2,009 level. So here's that sell trade in, in US oil. Um, technically, it's a sell trade. We've got these fundamentals bubbling away in the background. And um, like I said, uh, we, we would prefer, yes, um, demand is being squeezed, lowered, lowering demand. And if there is this recession coming through, that's very negative for oil prices. Um, but we do have OPEC meddling and uh, looking to to taper these uh, these supplies even further to try and push prices higher. We'd rather get in on that on that vibe rather than uh, this current position. So it sounds like short term selling. Uh, at some point, we'll get some slightly medium-term buying is probably our position. So this is where things become a little bit more challenging. Look at look at the volatility in the last three or four days. Um, uh, it's, it's broadly speaking uh, pretty uninspiring. Um, if you look at the NASDAQ, two, four, six, six days, we've not really done an awful lot. And then if you, t if you look at the four days prior to that, um, you know, we are grinding higher. That's the only thing you can really argue for it. Um, the, the FTSE is in this sideways moving pattern. On Friday, we were looking for prices to break below the 74.54. We didn't get it. Um, we only saw the, the dollar weaken. That was the, and this is the thing, we often like to see some correlation across financial markets. So we we sort of take, the signals from bond yields, we take the signal from equities, we, we take the single the signal from commodities, and we take the signal from from some of the foreign exchange markets as well. And, and the strength of relative and weakness, relative strength and weakness of the US dollar. And we get to build a bit of a picture, but that picture is a little bit distorted at the minute because we're not really we're seeing the dollar weaken, which the dollar's likely to weaken in an environment of you know, recessionary type environment. And it looks like that that's why we're getting that weakness in the dollar. But we're not really seeing that that risk on trade play out in its fullest. We're not seeing equities push higher. Um, we're not seeing the dollar weaken. Um, sorry, we are seeing the dollar weaken to a certain degree, but we're not seeing the follow through elsewhere. We're not really seeing the impact that that's likely to have on other markets. And that's what's causing a bit of a concern, bit of weakness in in the Nikkei, and then Bitcoin. It's it's, it's quite an impressive rally. It's a it's a two month rally. We're up at these sort of higher levels. If you look at it on the daily, we're um we're in a bit of a sideways pattern up at these highs, but you know a tough environment for Bitcoin traders. So let's um. This is what's concerning us. We're really not getting any real follow through to the upside. In these equity markets so um so last towards the end of last week it was very much around we have sort of mixed signals in these markets we have kind of this consolidation kicking in um
so we we kind of have this potential for yeah let's 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 go with that mixed narrative um So, so our narrative, our, in, in terms of our overall summary, yes, we've got some mixed messaging <coughs> in these markets, but there is no doubt about the potential for further risk on market conditions at these kind of higher levels for the equity markets, and the dollar is continuing to, um, to weaken. Now, what I prefer to do is to just put potential further dollar weakness um, Uh, just above because that's going to take priority really at this stage and we can still look for that by trading gold above the 2009 it's where the current prices are so this is our this is our summary we we unfortunately we have quite mixed market signals in these markets as things currently stand now that might change but we want to keep an eye out for the potential um the potential for risk on market conditions that's equities higher and that's further weakness in the dollar. So I think our focus can be very much around uh, further dollar weakness primarily. And then we can see if if in the industry markets do we get to see higher highs or is this going to be the short-term peak for these equity markets? That's that's kind of our thinking. And then gold, we can look to buy above 2009. We want to back off oil for now. We just want to, it's currently selling off. It looks like it's a bit of a no-brainer sell trade, but we'd be very sort of, concerned about about that that particular trade um a lot of traders and investors in the us take the day off yet so that so we can potentially expect quieter market conditions we kind of got those quiet market conditions up until sort of mid-afternoon on friday and making a decision at that point in the trading day um uh, we decided against it on on that occasion now it did give us unfortunately a couple of decent opportunities uh in in the dollar specifically but we'll see if we can sort of get into that um, in our own time. Okay, I'm gonna post this trade plan session into the chat box, guys. Thanks very much for joining us as always. We, we of course, we're gonna switch rooms to our trading, the European Open. That's our trade plan uh, with a primary focus on the US dollar as opposed to the equity markets. And we kind of need to um, just feel our way into these markets again now after a sort of prolonged few days of a bit of sideways moving price action. Great stuff. Okay, on that note, guys, hopefully this will kind of guide you accordingly and we're going to be looking for um, probably one or two of the best opportunities in the dollar and see if we get some further momentum there. And if so, we can look to pull the trigger on a few trades. Okay, hopefully that's the case. On that note, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Um, the markets are currently taking this sort of dovish Fed rate pivot narrative We've been on it for three, four weeks now, and um, the concern that we have is if that narrative starts to switch to sort of recessionary sort of fears, then the risk on the risk off train is likely to kick in. But for now, we can probably stick with this risk on narrative um, based around broadly positive economic data in areas, you know, certainly um, services and, and uh, manufacturing in the U.S. are 
certainly better than, than Europe, um, still around that sort of 50 level. And it's that dollar weakness trade that we can probably focus our attentions on. And here's the here's the kicker. We'd expect bond yields to actually take a roll over to the downside, and they're actually looking like they're looking a little bit more constructive to the upside. So these narratives can shift really, really quickly, and we're going to hopefully try to be on them when they do. Great stuff. On that note, guys, any questions, feel free to post them into the chat box. Uh, on that note, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. And if you are interested in learning how to trade the financial markets, um, you can access one of our discounted live trading and education bundles uh, on our website. Um, just go to thelivetraderoom.com um, and the bundle starts from as little as $59 a calendar month. So hopefully you'll find a good value there as well. Great stuff. On that note, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Take care. We're going to switch rooms. We'll be in our European room very, very shortly. Bye for now.